It's such a blessing to be in the presence of saints. Uh, it's, just, it's just a special feeling that you have, you know. And that's why we pray for each other and, to support, and we support each other in spirit and out of body. Uh, again, this is the Baptist International Ministries, and this is Power Out. And uh, I just wanted to share with everyone a few things this afternoon. And, uh, we have other people who do present, and um, we uh, we want to uh, to encourage uh, all the presenters. Anytime they want to present, feel free to let us know. We'll be happy to have them present. They're so wonderful, wonderful uh, people with so wonderful force in the event. This morning, uh, as, we, as we consider Thanksgiving, and uh, we talk about uh, giving God thanks with a grateful heart. We talk about a grateful heart, how it opens up our entire spiritual being, so to speak, and it really makes a difference to us and our attitude and everything else. And uh, I like that little song that talked about, uh, you know, the as we sing about it, it says the same thing. It says, now let, 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 let the weak say I'm strong. Let the poor say I'm rich. That's what the grateful heart does for us. It really makes us what God will have us to be. Uh, does it mean that we're going to be as rich as Rockefeller? We may just have the same small little figure back, but it's our attitudes, our feelings, our things come together, or we never want, or end always meet. It's just some special things that come out in our having a grateful heart when we give thanks to God. And that is so as we come together this afternoon again, we just pray God blessings on all of us and ask Him to continue to look after us. We certainly don't necessarily always do a good job of it, but thank God for Jesus. He looks after us. And this morning I shared about the parable some of it, a little bit of it, of the prodigal son. Indeed, it is a problem because of the different elements that are there. It's not just an illustration. Some of the things that we call problems are really illustrations and so forth. Uh, but this is definitely a problem. It has a vital message. It has God as a center it's reflected in the people. And I might just say a little bit about that to hear us. Uh, but this morning, the perspective was from the uh, 
the father, really. And I just want to spend this afternoon, brother, I just want to spend a little time on the perspectives of the, the sons, the sons. Let, let, let me read that uh, correctly again. It's uh, Luke 15, 20 to 24. And, and most of us know the problem, and you can certainly read the context uh, of the whole problem. But let us share uh, verses 20 and 24 again. So he returned to his father. And while he was still a long way off, his father saw him coming. Filled with love and compassion, he ran to his son. He ran to his son, embraced him, and kissed him. His son said to him, Father, I have sinned against both heaven and you, and I'm no longer worthy to be called your son. But his father said to the servant, Quick, bring the finest robe in the house and put it on him. Get a rim for his finger and sandals for his feet, and kill the calf we have been fattening. We must celebrate with a feast. For the son of mine was dead, now returned to life. He was lost, but now he's found. All right, and they had this celebration. Um, let's share a, a few things from the perspective of the son. This is really a loaded uh, problem. It's really loaded. No one even make an attempt to, <laughs> to even, even skim the surface. You remember in Luke uh, when uh, Jesus was asking people to follow him and some even came up to him and volunteered. Follow him, and Jesus gave three illustrations which suggest that there were many, many other people who came up, but these three factors Jesus uh, thought was important for us to know. Remember the, the person who said, the guy who said, uh, Well, I'll, I, I'm paraphrasing, well, yeah, I'll follow you, but let me go home and bury my dad. Jesus said, let the dead bury its dead. <laughs> Ordinarily and customarily, in many cases, uh, the eldest son uh, would not leave home until the father passed away. And there was a lot of reasons for that. One of the reasons that the eldest son get the largest share of the inheritance and the eldest son was actually the heir. The heir he would take over uh, whatever affairs that the father had. Uh, so we, from what we read the, 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 this problem uh, of the prodigal son, it would seem that uh, this was a younger son that uh, was uh, wasteful and asked for his share and just squandered it. One guy got the impression too that it, he, may, he may have done a good job and a fast job of doing it. 
can, we can speculate that uh, part of what the message that the, the Prophet is telling us that the Prophet was already probably related to more instruction from his father than the other Brahmin. Regardless, um, in many circumstances, that a younger son could actually ask for a share of his inheritance and, and leave home. Um, so that in itself is not that unusual, although I think very few younger sons would be that bold, and I guess very few fathers would agree. So there might have been, might have been some immaturity and on the part of that son that went out and squandered the money and everything else. And for my little experience in life, what I've observed, you know, I, I keep saying yes, immaturity, because I've kind of seen that happen. I'm sure you have too. It could be a daughter, you know, today, but uh, in, 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 this, in this part of the world at that time, you know, referring to Dyer. So, now, if we look at the perspective of the father and uh, how he had this great compassion, how he opened up his heart, and he was so grateful for his son coming home, and I made a point this morning of that. But I'd like to make a point this afternoon about how grateful, how thankful that younger son was with a grateful heart. And it kind of scripture somewhat tells us, because when he says to his father, Father, I have sinned against both heaven and you. The thing that he says is that I'm not worthy to be called your son. That's very impactful. <laughs> it's more than just saying, well, you can disown me, or it's more than just saying, you know, I don't deserve a second chance if you don't want to give it to me. It's saying all of that, but it's one need to understand the culture of that time and even the cultures of part of the world in the Middle East, as we include Africa and other places like that, India. What the relationship that sons have to in families. And he's actually saying, I have, you have the right to disown me. I mean, I mean, wall in with the pig and say, well, my, my father have servants that if I was the son of my father, I'd be eating better than this. It is actually saying that if I'm not your son, I would be your servant. So, the point that I'm trying to make, help me, Jesus, is that we have talked about the gratefulness and the thankfulness of the Father. But based on what this younger son said, one has to conclude 
that that son was oh was extremely extremely grateful. Well, well, let me tell you something. Jesus also tells us this in another illustration. You know, the person who is forgiven the most would be the person who have the most to be forgiven for. So, a grateful heart this son had because he realized that there was a lot, a lot, and a lot that he ought to be thankful for when his father not only had this great father for him, but he remained a son in the house who was willing to be a servant if it came to that. Now, that's one point of light to bring across. Let me jump quickly and uh, uh, come back to this younger son, the elder son. Now, if you recall the story, he, he was quite upset, quite angry, you know, and he complained, and, uh, you know, this guy went out and spent up all the money, and he came back, and you were treating him just like you are treating me, a son of yours, even though you're still the youngest. And I couldn't do it. I couldn't do it. If I had done it, you see, if the elder son, the older son, leaves home, he can't ask. He would have to leave home on his own. That's what that's what that guy was telling Jesus. I need some security. Even if I break with tradition, don't let it don't let me leave home before I get my inheritance. So you can see how the older brother was mad because he couldn't have done what his youngest brother did. Even if he went and squandered it, he wouldn't have gotten it to squander in the first place. Older son, are you saying that the money they lambed that they kept back didn't go to market, all the other stuff. The one that they fed exceptionally well because they would feast on that lamb on a special occasion. All the son, are you resentful to saying that not only are you accepting my younger brother who I think don't deserve, To be called your son, to be made your son again. If that you're actually splurging on him. Ha! That sometimes I, I part of my expression, sometimes I get a kick out of it, of, of that thought. Oh, God makes our cup run over. Oh, he, I, I say God spoils me sometimes. I know he does. I understand. Oh, man, you have this big party. 
splurging, you're squandering resources on this younger brother. Actually, if you look carefully, you get a chance to read that, that, that parable again. Because actually what's happening is that he's being forced by the tone you can gather from the scriptures and the words and expression that the father used to the older brother. This is your brother who was there and he's alive again. He's your brother. Not that he's alive, he's your brother. He's your brother. He's your sister. Regardless of what they have done. Regardless of how undeserving we think someone else might be. Regardless of the fact that we, we live this clean and Oh, lily clean life, you know, and this other person couldn't care less. Once they are taken into the arms of the Savior, they're our brothers and our sisters, our mothers, our fathers, our primos, and our primos. So, again, from the perspective of his younger son, he did much and had much to be forgiven, so he had to have felt a deep sense of gratitude because he knew it. He said, I'm, I'm not even worthy to be your son. So, that's another thing about gratitude with a great one. When we consider how much God has done for us and how much he continues to do for us, regardless of the circumstances, and we see it from two perspectives. And that's one of the reasons why I wrote in Colossians this morning, where it talks about treating one another with civility, with love, with humility, with compassion, and so forth. I might just close on this note there for you. Let the rich. Let the poor sound rich. Let the let the forgotten uh, say I'm now recognized. Let the downtrodden downtrodden feel that they are on top of the world. It's a, it brings about such a great change in us. Because from this perspective and from this point of view and from this reality, actually, it doesn't matter how itty bitty, tiny, 
really whatever it is our so-called discretion may have been. Since God has forgiven us, that in itself is enough because we are no longer condemned, we are no longer an outcast, we are part of the family of God, and it really doesn't matter in the long run what type of of, 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 of things that we did not do right, because now we are co-heirs with Jesus Christ, and that's what really matters. So a comparison of transgression, it is a comparison of grace and of love and of mercy. And it's a, such a satisfying thing. And maybe I just close with one last thing. There's so much, so much here. <clears throat> this, if you, if you look it up and they see the customs, and it signifies some of what we have been saying a, a little bit more, I get into it. Just a little bit more as we close. Can a ring for his finger? A sandal for his finger? Bring the finest robe in the house. I could deal with many of these Let me just deal with a robe. I think it will somewhat cover a ring and, and sun. You know, the party was a great thing. And I talk about that. Oh, I think, uh, man, I tell you, that's great. God would have a party for us. But the reason that he has this party for us, and maybe that's what even enraged his older brother, English boy. Get the finest, not a robe, the finest robe in the house. A few weeks ago, I spoke about um, clothing, and the clothing from center and centers and centers, something like the clothing that we know. I, 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 I remember, I give you a good example, you know, I'm old enough to remember where there were different grades of khaki. But most Americans only knew one grade of khaki. And, but, but when I, when I traveled when I was young, I had only known in my country the American khaki. when I, Went to these other places there, talking. The color was muddy looking. The material was very, very rough. Uh, wash didn't really last that very long. When you come to think about it, oh, a milk and cocky was something to be envious about. And my brother and I, we had this American cocky. And, uh, oh man, uh, 
It was the talk of the town. I didn't mention at the time, but I want to mention it today. I'm just giving you an example of what clothing meant for centuries. I, I experienced just a little bit of it. Of course, I used to hear my grandmother say things here and there about clothes and clothing and quality of clothes and so forth. Because she had a sewing school, so I, I guess I moved, I picked up a little thing from little things from her. But, but, but by the time I was, uh, you know, I, I was, you know, a very young boy, my grandmother had, I didn't have the Sunday school anymore, but I did hear her talk about things. And the point I'm trying to get at is, quality of, and durability of material, and we talk about the processes of clothing, that in Revelation suggests that this was fine clothing, that the remnants were wearing. It goes back to something that maybe is not emphasized enough. Right in our church, and I know that there are people listening to this that don't never been in our church and probably never saw this. They probably see it sometime because the camera goes up here. This splendid robe that Jesus at all. The one that was so, the material was so good, not just the color. We saw a little bit of color uh, a few weeks ago when I was talking about clothing, but oh boy, the color was something else, but the material was so, so wonderful and the gold was so flowing. It's probably just about the only thing that Jesus had 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 value. Let's think about this for a bit, very quickly as I can. That's why they cast lot. That's why they that was the only thing. It's not that that was the only thing that Jesus had of value alone, is that it was very, very valuable and what we understand it was given to him by a rich person. I hope, I hope you all see where I'm going. When the father said to the helpers, quick, bring the finest rope. Oh, I know some of you all may say, and I, I listen, I wouldn't argue with y'all, it's, it's fine. Oh, that's a typology that has to do with Jesus. Sure, sure. But I, I, I'm telling you what that father did by that. The signifying, not only is he a son to me, one who was dead and now is alive. You can, you can see all that stuff coming out. One who was lost and now found. Not only has he taken his rightful place, he may never get the lion's share of the inheritance while his old brother is alive, but 
but I'm signifying the whole world that my daughter, my son, my people who have forgiven, who I love so much, they are royalty. They are royalty to me. And I will clothe them in the finest garment. Purple and braided with gold. Because you're special to me. That's why I'm sure this young man was overjoyed with gratitude. Hallelujah. Thank you. Let me stop there. Let me stop there. Hear what folk has to say. Yeah, 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 yeah. I want to hear what folk has to say. 